Welcome. Get ready to change your vibe and get energized. You are listening to the Next Level Woman podcast, and I am your host, mentor, and coach, Theogenosis. I am obsessed with bringing you real conversations on empowering your life, amplifying your business, loving your relationships, and expanding your abundance. This podcast will be infused with all the knowledge you need to be the next level woman. Join me for today's episode. Okay, so welcome to the Next Level Women podcast. Grab your coffee and join me today as we dive into yet another great conversation. Today we have the beautiful Viola Hug. And I have known Viola now for a couple of years in the online world, whether it, we've taken many programs together, we have the same coach, and you're just going to love this conversation because she is just so fascinating and has so many unique things to offer us. So without further ado, I'm going to turn this over to Viola and let her just give us some information and introduction on, on her magic. Well, hello. Thank you so much for having me. It feels like such an honor and a privilege to be joining you as a next level woman. (laughs) (laughs) And to the audience, hello. It's nice to connect with you as well. Um, I mean, I have so much to share, as you'll tell I can talk as we get through this podcast. Um, But just a, a little snapshot, I'm a coach for spiritual entrepreneurs, and I'm currently based in Canada, which is where I'm originally, originally from, but I spent um, 16 years from like my mid-teens until a couple of years ago living in New Zealand, which is where I met my husband. And we decided to travel the world and I built my coaching business while we did that. And then uh, about seven months ago, seven, eight months ago, I got pregnant and now we're living in Canada. So (laughs) that's, that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) That kind of put your travel plans on hold, I would imagine. Well, it wasn't even that it put it on hold. It was so funny because um, we were already discussing like full-time travel is no joke, guys. Like, you know, like we sold everything. We didn't have a base. Like, so it wasn't like we like had our bags and then we went back home and unpacked and slept in our bed. It was like, there was nowhere that was home. There was nowhere that we're we're like, okay, cool. This is like a place to rest or whatever. It was like carry on bags only always something new, which was an incredible, incredible experience. But after a while, it kind of felt like, you know, like you couldn't buy things because and take them with you because we were so limited with our space. And then, um, just having somewhere that you can actually store stuff and you know, like that would be really nice. And so that's part of the reason why we thought Canada as well is because um, it's like an easy place to travel from New Zealand's a little bit further to, you know, to travel the world from. So we thought, well, we'll go there. And then that was kind of the plan all along. And then when we found out I was pregnant, we're like, Oh, well, that's great. (laughs) Good timing. (laughs) Exactly. And, And it's funny, you bring up something that's so important because I think for some of us, especially online entrepreneurs, we always think, oh, it would be so nice to just be a nomad and travel wherever we want. But as you pointed out, there's certain challenges and limitations to that. That lifestyle that seems so free. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's like with everything, I feel like we desire things and we desire the best parts of it. And for some people, like I'm sure, like I've heard of people who like travel full time, like 
for way longer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you do it? Like, I mean, maybe they go back to their parents' homes every now and then as well. I don't know. But um, they really love that and they really thrive off that. But I feel like everything is also a season in our life, you know? So we get to, we get to fully love something for a season and we're also allowed to change our mind and move into the next season of our life whenever we want. That's such a beautiful analogy. I like that, the seasons mm-hmm. of our life. Yeah. And, and that they could be years, mm-hmm. <laughs> not just a few months, but yes, we, we have those different phases. So mm-hmm. tell me about what it was like to travel and to also start your business and, and um, give me some insight into all of that because I know yeah. everyone is interested. I know it's always like I'm like I forget how cool it is sometimes I'm like damn I'm awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah you are that's why you're here that's why you're with the next level woman because we want to know what it's really like yeah um well I mean I've been an entrepreneur essentially all of my life in different aspects I didn't necessarily always own that and I wasn't necessarily always a successful entrepreneur in the kind of you know traditional sense of how we look at it but there was so much that I learned through sort of my years of trial and error with business and trying out different things. And in 2012, I actually went into business for the first time for myself. And that's like when I basically decided like, that's it from here on out, I'm my own boss, you know? And um, some of it went well, some of it didn't. Um, in hindsight, a hundred percent, I learned a lot, but I never had the kind of success with the businesses or the different ideas that I had that I really desired Um, And then at the end of 2017, which for those of you who are like kind of into like spiritual, like astrology stuff, like was right at the end of my Saturn return, which I do not think was a coincidence, but um, I, I essentially got like pulled to this like program that was being run by an intuitive coach. And I asked my mom to buy it for me because I couldn't afford it. (laughs) I convinced my mom to buy it for me. And um, within that, she was like, you know, so many people want to work with you, but you're limiting the avenues of how people can access you. Like, why don't you do something like offer coaching? And I was like, huh, okay. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it just felt like, okay, I'll do that. And I had this kind of like massive um, moment where I realized that for so long, I'd been doing everything based on what I thought everyone else wanted for me. And, and her advice was coming through like an intuitive channeled message, right? So it was kind of like a different energy behind it. It wasn't just her opinion. And um, I was like, well, what would life look like or business look like for me if I really just did what I wanted? And then I was like, I would brand in pink. <laughs> that was like my first rebellion. <laughs> Because, you know, pink is one of those colors. It's like, it's more feminine. And, you know, I was like, before then I was like, you know, I don't want to appeal to just only women or only men. Like I want to be neutral. And then it was like, you know, I don't want to talk about too spiritual stuff, but I don't want to talk about too this. And everything was like for this, like trying to please what I thought I needed to do or what I thought I needed to be or what I thought was the right like market to get into. And suddenly I was like, okay, what if I just strip that all away? And um, the biggest things that I learned, which we can dive into any of this or maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not, but like where that one, I was, learning to trust my intuition, which was one of the biggest pillars for myself in building my business. Two, I learned that I even have a feminine side because I was very masculine driven up till this point (laughs) because I thought that's what it took. I thought it was hard work and hustle. Like I really did. I was like, you outwork others and that's what creates success. Right. And so I was very much in my masculine. And so I was like, okay, playing with this lean back energy 
And then it was, yeah, it was a couple of other kind of things like human design and these other little parts that kind of made it up for me. But I started my business and we were only a few months in and I'd started making a little bit of money. And for us, this was huge because we were massively in debt. But seeing, you know, even $1,000 coming in a month from my business, I was like, oh my gosh, we have made it. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is the coolest experience in the whole entire world. And I was like, what are we still doing in New Zealand? Let's go travel the world because that's what we've been talking about for so long. And for some reason, it was like more my intuition saying that we would be fine this time because we'd actually tried many times before to, you know, travel and make money. But my limiting belief in my mind was that when I traveled, my income would drop. And but I just had this like different feeling this time. I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be different. And so. Yeah, we sold all of the remaining things we did have left um, and we bought flights to Germany, uh, America, and then to Germany. And that was one way. And we thought, let's just do this thing. So that's kind of like how it started. And it was wild because at the start, it was like we would make enough money to pay for just our travels. And then I decided I wanted to hire a coach. And then suddenly I was making just enough to pay for my coach and my travels. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then that was like the next level. And then it was, um, then suddenly about, you know, maybe four or five months into that journey, I suddenly broke through my ceiling. You know, I, I, I let go of the story that I would only ever just have enough. And I started experiencing more in my material world. Like I already felt the abundance internally, but in my actual physical world, I started experiencing it a lot more. So, I mean, I don't know if I really answered your question oh, on the no, travel side of things. <laughs> you did because, because yeah. I, I think, you know, and everybody has a different method. And like you said, mm -hmm. some people leave and then they know they always have something to come back to. But what I was always intrigued by is that you literally had nothing to go back to. Yeah. And really in some respects you could land anywhere. That um, yeah, that was part of the magic as well, though, for us, because when we had tried to travel before, it was always like we bought return flights, you know, oh, for three months, for six months, right. we can always cancel them, we can always change them. But it was always this kind of feeling that we were trying to make it. And then when it wasn't working out, we had to go back home and then we could recuperate and stay with my mom and she would feed us. Like, right, you know, like, exactly. That, it, was, it, was, it was almost in a way as it was a back door. And I mean, it's not that it needed to be, but there was something... Um, that was just like so intriguing about this idea that we were in a place where we could choose that life. You know, we could mm -hmm. choose to be anywhere in the world. Like that's the beautiful thing about an online business. And um, not saying that kids is a limitation because I actually know other people who travel all the time with kids, but we didn't have kids, you know, like we didn't have anything that made us need to stay in one place. And we're thinking we're like in our mid to late twenties and we're not, doing like we're not making the most of the fact that we have all of this freedom at our fingertips right we like it was almost like everything we desired was there we just weren't diving into it and so the decision to to just do it like one way everywhere and we did that we literally were in germany and then we're like uh where to next we're like let's do a 10-day road trip and then we like <laughs> went around like austria and then you know all these things and we were back in germany and then i think actually at that point our three months was up because you can only stay in like some of the European countries for three months. Right. And then, right. Exactly. Um, and then we're like, Oh, where to next. And then we literally just Googled um, like on a flight search thing, um, Germany to anywhere in the world. Oh my goodness. How exciting. <laughs> I know. And that's literally how we would book flights. And then from there we went to Morocco and 
them from Morocco is Morocco to anywhere in the world. <laughs> and oh then, my goodness. Yeah, and then we ended up in Croatia. <laughs> and then it was <laughs> from Croatia anywhere in the world. And, you know, it was just like, it was a it was a really fun experience. But I think part of it was really letting go of the limitations that I'd set on myself that there needed to be like, you know, that if I went, because I said like a fear of mine was if I traveled, I would not be mm-hmm. successful in business. And there was so much I think internally that was going on that I needed to let go of. And um, it was like the travel was almost like symbolic of that for me in my real life. <laughs> Well, and I think that's so true because as entrepreneurs, and like you said, you were one from very young age, we get that vision that we either, we need to have an office, we need to, you know, show up somewhere or in, in like in my case, I came from the corporate world and that is very much Monday through Friday, you have an office, you know, back in the day, you weren't able to work from home. And so it really, it is a mindset shift to be able to recognize that really, you know, like now I just need to take my laptop and I need to find a place that's safe. And the next thing that's a priority is I need to have good Wi-Fi. And other than that, that, I can go anywhere. (laughs) And that was Um, our thing. It's like, we'd be looking at Airbnb and we're like messaging them. How strong is your Wi-Fi connection? (laughs) That's all I need to know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And um, so now I'm curious because one of the things that um, the audience may or may not know about you, but you are a best-selling author. Mm-hmm. And if I remembered correctly, and I think this is like your year anniversary, but you were writing the book when you were in Morocco and Croatia. Mm-hmm. Is that not correct? That is correct. Yeah. So what, what intuitively led you to, so, or, you know, at that point in your life, what drove you to write the book? What was the motivating factor? What was the download? Yeah. Um, so I think it was one of those things as well. Like I was at that point in my life, like discovering that there was so much more available to us than we realized, right. You know, like we've been at this point, like traveling for almost six months or, you know, slightly over and, and we're like doing it. We're doing it. You know, we're surviving. (laughs) We've been paying all our bills. We've been, you know, like I, I was working with a high level coach. It was just like, I was doing the thing. And I think a lot of people, people were starting to realize that as well. And I think, I mean, not that that's really what matters because if we don't internally recognize it, it means nothing, (laughs) but um, it was kind of like, Oh wow, I'm really doing the thing. And I, so I had this kind of idea, like this is a lot easier than I thought in terms of like, it's so much more available than I ever made it out to be in my life. You know, I always thought that the kinds of income or the kinds of lifestyle were such a far away thing and you had to be so unique and special to do it. And writing a book was always on my vision board, but it was that I was doing the same thing. I was putting it on a pedestal and I was like, it's a one day thing. It's a blah, 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 you know? And then it actually happened that a friend that I was following um, online was like, oh, hey, I just published a book. And I'm like, what the heck? How did you just publish a book? Like, what does that mean? And she was like, isn't it the best idea ever, though? Because it's like such a powerful way to let people in on your story, no matter where on your journey you are. And you can always write more books when you have a quote unquote better story that you think you need. You know what I mean? And I was like, huh. So it was actually that like, you know, I was in this space already where I was realizing everything's more available than we think. And then I had literally proof fall on my lap that it was possible to do that. And I thought, what have I been holding myself back on? And for me, writing the book was a huge self-discovery period because I mean, I'm sure as everyone's thinking right now, who's ever wanted to write a book, but what would I write about? Like, what's so special about me? What's so special about my story? And it was like this feeling of like, 
I knew I could write a book. I knew that there was value to my story, but I needed to get to a space where I could have the perspective and the view where I saw the value in my story. Right. So that it was like, that was the hardest part is coming up with where to start. (laughs) Like (laughs) what, where do I start? Like what actually is my story? What's the theme that's come through my life? Like, what do I want to tell? How do I want to inspire people at this point in my journey? You know, knowing that this was at this point. Um, and I, I did things like I post on Facebook. I'm like, if you've ever related with me, like what, what was, what story or what aspect of me, you know, really resonates with you or what about my story do you find most interesting? And I would do posts like that just to see what other people thought, because I had no idea. I'm like, I don't know why people follow me. <laughs> I'm cool. I know, but yeah, you well, know. you know, <laughs> <laughs> but it is like one of those things. Like when you really start getting into that, you're like, really, who am I? And like, what have I got to offer? And even, you know, even though I had a business with amazing offers, it was still like it was a different type of getting to know you you know a book is a pretty intimate experience I think and um and then yeah and then so I kind of started to realize that I had this massive theme of abundance in my life and I realized like all the different mindsets that I really had to learn step into own that led me to the this point and I thought this is what I need to write about you know and so I um I wrote it and I sat down one month in Morocco I wrote um probably half of my book because it was actually like one of those, like what you don't necessarily want to happen on a travel experience, but we like had like a, a fail with an Airbnb booking where um, they lied about the location and it was actually in an extremely dangerous part of town. And looking back now, we're just like, Oh my gosh, why didn't we tell Airbnb? Because they, we found out later that they, if that ever happens, like if it's not what you expect or whatever, they just rebook you at a new place um, and like give you a credit. <laughs> so oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And if we, if we'd known that we would have been like living in a way more beautiful luxe place, but it was kind of like this whole like last minute thing. We didn't know if we were going to stay another month or leave. And then we couldn't find flights. So we decided to stay. And then there weren't many places available. And this particular one lied about the location. And so I literally couldn't go outside. Like every oh time I, I went outside twice and both times, like I had people like hoarding me back inside and they're like it's dangerous it's dangerous and it was just like it turns out it was right by the slums like the slums are right across the road from the apartment which did have security so it's like I was fine inside the building but it was terrifying so I didn't leave the entire month and I was just like okay if I'm gonna be stuck in this house for an entire month I may as well make the most of it you know so I I did what I could like when Nick went out to buy food and stuff like he would come home with like little goodies or teas that I liked so I could get into a vibe and I had my crystals and I would sit in the sun on our bed and I'd just write and I wrote most of my book there and then when we went to Croatia it was like this like freedom because we were staying like right by the ocean and I had this incredible view and then it was just like all the rest of the book poured out of me. So I actually wrote it very, very fast. But I think circumstances were a huge part to play in that. (laughs) Well, you know, and you hear different stories from authors. Some authors really thrive with being secluded and just in Mm -hmm. one location and others like to do little, you know, so many words Mm -hmm. per day and that kind of concept. And you, like you said, it just, you were in a circumstance and it was ideal timing. So 
Yeah. And then, you know, by the time I got to Croatia, I had so much more freedom with it and I could go down to like a beautiful cafe or whatever and write. And I did, but it was like, by that point, the book already felt so real that it, it wasn't hard anymore to write it, you know, like it was harder at the start, but yeah, circumstantially it was probably a little bit beneficial as, <laughs> only because I could control my mindset though. I think, cause it would, it would have been easy as well to like get into a state about <laughs> where we were. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. So you, you touched upon one thing that, I totally resonate with which was the not understanding the feminine side and coming from mm. that masculine side I mean that I so totally relate with because that was how I was raised and you know mm. you worked hard and you hustled and you know it was the dollar for an hour and overtime mm -hmm. and you know hustle 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 and I for myself, didn't know that there was such a thing as, you know, a feminine side of business, let alone the feminine side of me. Mm -hmm. So what was your experience with really kind of just um, stepping into that and really opening up to the fact that there is a feminine side to you? And how has that sort of propelled you along your journey? Mm. Such a good question. I think like my masculine side was very well conditioned to be the leader because a, you know, a lot of my early childhood, it was a lot like, I, I felt a lot of pressure, you know, like it was, um, I was the oldest of three. There was a lot of stuff that happened while we were younger. It was like, firstly, we traveled a lot. So there was always kind of that aspect of it. And then, um, my dad got sick um, in my uh, teen years and when my youngest sister was only two years old. So I think my sisters were like two and seven and I was 14 ish. Um, and so then that, you know, a lot of responsibility was put on me throughout through that time. And so it was kind of like, the, there's always been this part of me that always felt like this responsibility and this pressure and this, like, I had to show up and I had to do the thing and I had to whatever. And when I saw people who um, were successful, and I, I think it was like partially because of the era, but partially as well, just because I think sometimes that's how we perceive it as well. It was like, you know, it's the people that work the hardest that had the best results and it's also a very common thought among like you know the the middle class it's just like you just have to work really hard and get a really good job and study really well and that whole concept so it's kind of like ingrained in that sense already and to me the feminine side meant like I was a girl so I was like that's my feminine side <laughs> yeah right exactly yeah. and that's but, it <laughs> but it was like the aspects of me that were feminine or what I perceived to be as feminine which now I have a very different understanding of but it was like the fact that I had emotions was not of my favor you know it was like I needed to rein that right on in I needed to be the boss and I needed to be bossy and I needed to like tell people what to do and that's how I asserted my power and that's how I would be taken serious and have the success that I wanted right like that's essentially what it was so in my whole demeanor it's like I felt like I needed to show up in a very masculine energy and almost command respect I thought and then in my work life, it was like, I had to just, it, you're tired. I don't care. Like you work. <laughs> right. like, that's what I would say to myself. And I was so proud of my work ethic. And that's the thing. It's like, I didn't even think it was a bad thing. I like bragged about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when people ask me, I'd be like, you just work harder. Like, that's it. Like, don't make excuses. <laughs> and um, then 
you know, I, I was feeling, it's not that I ever felt like unhappy, but I was very much being called to a different way to look at things. And it was around the same time that I was kind of like really dabbling a lot more with my intuition and like these type of aspects of myself that I had someone say to me, they're like, oh, your feminine energy is like way out of whack. And I'm like, I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that feminine energy stuff. Like that's just going to slow me down. Um, but I mean, long story short of my realization within that was that there is actually such a power and such a beauty to, to leading from the feminine energy, which doesn't mean it's just about your emotions that get in the way. It doesn't mean that you're soft. It doesn't mean that people, um, like, you know, that you're a pushover or anything like that. In fact, it means that you can lead more with your, um, compassion and understanding your intuition you can lean back a little bit more and it was almost like it became the stance it was like that work hard ethic like what I could channel through for my masculine energy was my commitment to always keep going you know I could channel through the when it was hard to pick myself back up and I could take action on the things that I really desired but the feminine part of me unlocked the results for me like that's when I started getting the results is when I like um kind of started to play with this idea that if I just took care of myself and if I nurtured myself, you know, then I would be in a better space to show up. Oh, wow. What a breakthrough. Like, oh, you feel better. So you have better results. <laughs> like, yeah. wow. It was small things like that. But I mean, it's played a role in so many areas. I'm sure as you know, as well, it's hard to put into words and, and it's hard to put into a nutshell as well, because there's so much to it. But it was, it was for me, it was this massive unlearning of, needing to always, always feel like in order to be a powerful leader, I needed to be a masculine energy. It's just so not true. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally relate. And um, I know that it, it's something that we both, um, mm -hmm. I think together on our journeys are really, really understanding that there's so much more power leading from the feminine. And yet we were brought up with the concept that it was the masculine that had all the power and that was where we needed to be. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like a wound, you know, a societal wound that we see because I, I see it all the time. And I remember like why I hated being an employee so much is because, and I mean, not probably not coincidentally, I always had managers or bosses that commanded um, respect, right? You know, it was like, I'm your boss and I tell you so, so you will do this. <laughs> and it was like this very like, um, it's, yeah, it's this wound, I think, where people don't feel like that. It's like an ongoing thing of people maybe not feeling fully respected and seen as children, people not feeling fully accepted for who they are, or able to express themselves in a way that's authentic to them. And then it comes out later in life as like commanding that off other people, because that's also, you know, even as children, it's like, no, you respect me because you're the child and I'm the adult. And then when they get older, it's like, well, no, now you respect me because I'm the boss and you're the employee or whatever it is. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, I see a lot of wound around, um, a lot of wounds around this like older style leadership. Um, and yeah, allowing that feminine is, I think, also incredibly healing for all of our souls. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you, uh, your brand is Abundant Babes. And so how, how did that really evolve? Is that something that just kind of evolved with the book or did you have that as a, as a brand or a focus prior to that? And you've just let it all evolve. So in 2017, before I even launched my coaching business, I was at like an international convention for network marketing 
company that I was partnered with. And I was there and and this is the year that I already felt everything shifting. Like I was like, nothing's right anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like everything feels weird. I know there's something coming, but I can't tell what it is. And I was kind of dabbling with like being a little bit more rebellious with stuff, but you know, wasn't fully there yet. And um, I was going to sleep and it was like after a really, really like fun day. And I, and then all of a sudden at like 1am, I literally sat up in bed and like scared the people that were sharing the room with me. And I was like, (gasps) And I just had this idea, abundant babes. And it was like literally like one of those things that you hear where it was like, oh my God, it just came to me. But it did. And then I Googled it and I was like, what is abundant babes? Like, I need to find out what this is. And I Googled it and it was nothing, nothing on Google search, nothing on Instagram, nothing on Facebook. And I'm like, huh, what is this? And so I just was like, I'm just going to set up an Instagram with the abundant babes handle. Like, you know, I just didn't think anything of it. And then six months later, I'm having this coaching where this girl's like, oh, you should, you know, like maybe you should consider starting a coaching business. And it felt like the right idea. And I was like, I want a Facebook group. And I was like, I don't know what to call it. And I was like, oh yeah, I have this abundant babes thing. Maybe I'll just call it that for now, you know? (laughs) And so that started. And then um, later, same thing. I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. What should I call it? Oh, abundant babes. Like just because it's already there. Like I, and I, again, wasn't really even putting any meaning to it at all. And it was when I wrote my book that I think that's when I realized that abundance is such a big part of my story. And I was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> like, you know, so it kind of, it did like, I think that's when I really realized like, oh yeah, that is a part of my brand. But before then it was just because it came to me that one time. And then at the time when it came to like needing a name, it was the first thing that was there. I was just like, oh, I'll just use this. And I had, I own all the handles to it because it didn't <laughs> exist before. So I was like, oh, okay, sure. And so, Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's so amazing because, um, you know, with, with women I work with, and I'm sure you work with, we all struggle with the perfect name. Yeah. And, and in some respects, yours was very intuitive and, and did just come to you. And- but I doubted it so much too. And I have to say this, like I had so many times I'm like, I don't know if I want to use the word babes. It's like, you know, like it's such a, it's either in or it's not, do you know what I mean? Right, and right. It was, it was this whole thing. And, and I guess like the part that I got to is that um, it fits with what I do now. So I may as well use it. But just like anything in life, we're not stuck on anything. If I one day decide to rebrand, I'm allowed to. And it's not going to mean anything. And I think that's like when people do get stuck with that, like thought of like, oh, but it needs to be perfect. And it needs to be that. And it needs to be this. Like it might evolve into something that you don't even expect. Like that was for me, it evolved into something that I was, that I'm way more connected to now than when I even first thought of it. Like I did not think it was the perfect name when I first thought of it. I was like so in doubt about it. And now I just love what it's created and how people connect to it. So I, I actually really love it. Um, but I also know that if there's ever a part of me that doesn't resonate with it anymore, that's okay too. You know, I'm allowed to move on from it. So what is, what is your switching a little bit to the, to the business side of things, Mm. what is your advice or ideas or suggestions for women that are wanting to get to that next level? They're wanting to either make that shift in their life or their business or their relationship. Um, Because you mentioned limiting beliefs and how we all know that those hold us back, but how do we really identify what, what limiting belief is holding us back? I think that often the limiting belief that, Um, we need to move through to achieve our next level is often the one that comes up for us in where, and I know this sounds really obvious, but where we're most limiting ourselves. 
And so an example of that is like, we don't often recognize it as a limiting belief though. Right. And that's, I think the problem is, so it's like, we're going through life and we're like, I want to start a business. Um, but then, then the butt comes then, right. And then you're like, but, um, I don't know what I would do it on. I don't know if people would listen to me. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if people will want to hear what I have to say. I don't know, blah, 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 blah. Or, you know, or we think that I desire my next level, but I can't find more people to buy my stuff. Like nobody else is buying. I'm always making the same amount of money. And it's like, we, it's like, if we were to observe our, observe our life and look at where we feel like we're not growing or where we feel like we're, we don't have what we want. It usually is. Well, it is because that's where we've created a limitation for ourselves. So it's really like when we have that, it's not because that's an actual limit in our life, but it's an invitation to work through that area of our life. And we have to have the courage to be able to face that. Cause sometimes that's the thing that's the most uncomfortable. You know, like sometimes it's having a conversation with someone that is just like, I don't think we're, it's aligned for us to work together anymore. Or I don't think it's aligned for us to live together anymore. So, or, I mean, you don't need to use those words. But, right. <laughs> um, like, you know, or sometimes it's um, completely rebranding. Sometimes it's offering something that you've never offered before talking about something that you previously only talked about with your girlfriends, you know, like sometimes it's these things that feel so scary that it's easy for us to look at our life and be like, Oh, this part's not working. And, you know, and then you might step back for a second and be like, okay, there's clearly a fear of being seen here. Right. And then that's the limiting belief, but then it's like, but fear of being seen in what respect? So it's like, okay, well, I'm scared that if I'm really seen, I'll be more vulnerable to criticism. I'm scared that if I share these beliefs, I'll alienate myself. I'm scared that, I'll share from the heart and people won't receive it well. And then I'll be rejected. Right. Like it's like we, we can identify that. And then the question is, okay, are you willing to, even though you might be rejected, even though it might be terrifying and um, you might alienate yourself, are you willing to show that part of yourself anyway? Are you willing to say that thing anyway? And that's where the courage comes in. It's like, (laughs) you just, you have to move through it. There's no going around limitations there's no going like avoiding them if you want that next level you have to be willing to go through the limitation and I, and I think you bring up a good point too we all love the comfort zone oh yeah. even, even when we know the comfort zone isn't where we're supposed to be even when we know that this relationship is not the one for us it is it's so scary to make that change and to make that shift and mm-hmm. we don't want to you know, alienate the friends that we have, even though we know they're not the right friends for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, but yet, I think for most of us that are on this journey and on this pathway, it's like we, we got that um, realization that we can't stay in the comfort zone if we want to move. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. that's, not where, that's not where the fun is. That's not where the mm-hmm. action is. <laughs> And I think it's so scary because when we desire, like, I'm assuming anybody who's like drawn to this podcast and is listening right now, like we know the next level because it's almost like this niggling feeling. Like we don't always know what it is, but there's like a pull on the heart. You know, it's like, there's Mm -hmm. something, there's something more, there's something bigger, there's something more fulfilling or whatever. There's just something that you're being called towards. 
the the scary thing is is that what if I give up what's good in my life right now like my friends yeah they might not be the friends that I feel so lit up by like sometimes you hear stories of these like most incredible friendships but they're good friends I've had them for so long what if I I risk alienating them through sharing this or doing this or becoming someone different and I don't get what I'm desiring on the other side and that is the fear for so many people. And some people can't step past that fear. But the next level woman, like she knows that we are only pulled towards what we desire because there's a reason. And if there's challenge and if there's fear, if there's like any of this pain involved inside or along the way, then it's part of what we need to go through. But it's like, you're strong enough. You are supported enough. And there's so much beauty waiting on the other side for you that it will be worth it. Like there's no guarantee, but there's kind of a guarantee, right? Like there's, there's, there's kind of a guarantee because I really truly believe we do not desire something unless it's meant for us. And to me, that's guarantee enough. Yeah, that, that's so absolutely true. And I, I, mm-hmm. I really resonate with that. And I think too, that um, for me, and I think, and give me your thoughts on this, you know, to be able to make this transition and make that change and get out of our comfort zone really requires us to also have a great support network, whether it be our coach or whether it be mm-hmm. a community of women that are in the same, this, uh, on the same journey together. Oh yeah. Find your people for sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think um, that's the most beautiful thing about the online world right now is like, as much as you think there's people who don't support you online, there's like 10 people that will support you online (laughs) and, you know, get into Theo's network. It's that easy. Get into, you know, just find groups, find podcasts. And whether you're like personally connecting with people or whether you're just like listening to things, it's all making a difference because you're reminded that you're not crazy for thinking these things, you know, like there's other people who have the same desires and are going after them and, creating shift and change in their life. Um, And then I think, of course, there's like the next levels when we're able to invest in ourselves and really not only, you know, put ourselves in positions where we're surrounded by the right people, but declare that we are um, ready for whatever, you know, the big, big changes to come. And (laughs) to me, an investment is always like a declaration to the universe. It's like, I am worth this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Right. And then the universe is like, okay, your wish is my command. <laughs> right, exactly. What are you seeing? Because I've really seen the shift um, in, in uh, energies even from last year to this year. And this new, this new paradigm, this new feminine, divine feminine paradigm really seems to be taking hold. What are you sensing? Where are you seeing the direction of business or women or, you know, going forward? Particularly in my world, um, I'm, I'm seeing the same types of things and I'm seeing it um, also from a very like, um, like more intuitive perspective. Like I feel like the, the there's, I, I mean, I adore both men and women. I think they're both like incredible creatures on earth and anyone in between. Um, I think with women, the rising of so many women in business has meant a lot for the world because also how business has changed with the online world like you can't just sell someone a product by creating an ad or a billboard or a TV commercial or a radio commercial. Like people just don't fall for that anymore. <laughs> like that's not what they want. They want connection. They want um, to feel something. And women naturally, you know, especially when we allow ourselves to tap into our true femininity, like we are natural at that. And so it's like, there's this rising, I think of, 
uh, business in this new paradigm where it's just like so lovely. Like sales doesn't mean anymore. It means like offering something from your soul to someone else's soul who's ready for the transformation and excited to pay you and you're excited to offer it to them. You know, like it suddenly means all of these new things. And um, I'm also very much like um, an intuitive. So I like, I am seeing this like whole space where suddenly people are not only just like using a strategy or having a business model, but it's actually about like, how does this align with who I am? You know, like, how can I make this my most unique version? And it's not copycat business anymore. It's not copycat duplication. You do what I did. It's here's a framework. How does it work for you? Like, how can you express yourself most fully through this? And that's what I love is we're stepping into this world where competition doesn't exist because it's about our uniqueness and we all have a gift to share. And there's so much abundance to go around for all of us. Well, and I think that's so true because everything has shifted Mm -hmm. as far as, you know, like you, you suggested on marketing and selling things. Mm -hmm. Um, Even you can look on, on TV commercials and um, you know, and I don't really watch that often, but the few times I see a commercial, it's like, wow, these big name companies are really shifting much more Mm -hmm. into that intuitive piece, into tapping into our, our feelings and our emotions and the product that they're selling really becomes maybe just the last thing you see at the end. And that Mm -hmm. really has been, you know, that's always an indicator for me is if the big business people are spending that kind of money changing the message. Exactly. That that, um, it's good to see that. Uh But I think as online entrepreneurs, we've already seen that. And we've just, you know, we already knew that. (laughs) Old news guys. (laughs) (laughs) They're just catching up with us. Yeah, but it is. It's like, it's more um, geared towards storytelling. It's more geared towards emotion. And it's also, you'll notice that there's a shift in the types of people you see on commercials as well. It's more real life people because that's what people want to see. They don't want to see the polished, like Mm. Susie model who like, sneezed and lost 500 pounds like that's not (laughs) what people are interested in anymore people want to hear the real story they want to they want to hear the struggle they want to see you say um and stutter and like you know that's what people want because that's what people can relate to and that's the whole movement of if I can do it you can do it and there's so much liberation in that and I love that about business in our world I I think it's fun it is fun Mm -hmm. And, and you mentioned it earlier too that you know, we are our own CEOs. And if we mm-hmm. decide to change our brand, we can change our brand. And mm-hmm. it's so much easier than it used to be when you were locked into colors and printed material and all of that. It, it, yeah. it makes it fun and flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious. So what's next for Viola? What is next for you? Well, um, I feel like it's, it's a question that probably my soul knows the answer to and my mind's still wrapping its head around. <laughs> But it's like, um, I've been feeling a massive shift this year, to be honest. Like it's, I I feel um, change coming in ways that I can't quite explain it. And I'm sure a lot has to do with the fact that I'm having a baby, like probably any minute, like, I don't know, (laughs) very soon, I'm going to have my very first little baby and I'm going to be a mother on top of every other identity that I have. And I'm so looking forward to that. Um, I I can't say that I have like an expectation of what it will be like, but I do know that 
if I'm good at anything, it's transition and change and handling challenge. So I do really believe in myself in the process, but it's, and at the same time as well, it feels like um, I'm possibly feeling um, uh, an even deeper shift into the intuitive work and stuff that I do in, in business and in life, you know? So I feel, yeah, I'm going to be a mom soon. And I'm excited to see how that translates to what happens in my business, but I'm definitely feeling it's, it's going to be a very like intuitive, spiritual, fun, like light vibe. (laughs) I think so. And and I know, you know, I just from seeing you on social media and you and Nick, it's like, I can just, this baby's going to be so, um, it doesn't know what it's in for yet. Oh yeah. (laughs) It picks some really good pairs. (laughs) I'm so excited. Like we, I just so over the moon about, um, like I'm, I really, feel honored to be able to experience this and so I'm very very excited that's so cool has it been a transition to go from traveling and moving and and not having a place to call home to um making the decision to land somewhere and lease a place and buy the furniture has that was that sort of a fun transition or now that you're kind of settled into it does it feel a little different Um, it's been amazing. Like it's definitely a transition. I think one of the biggest transitions is, you know, I've built so much of my brand based on, oh, I'm in this country today. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's very easy talking points. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, and so, I mean, it definitely feels a little bit of a transition because now it's just like, okay, you know, now I'm here all the time. Cool. What's up? Um, so that's, I mean, for sure one thing, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It feels like the right place at the right time you know like it really feels so good to just know that we don't need to pack our stuff in a month and or in a week you know it just it feels really really nice so there's a level of transition to it but it it feels so right you know like it feels like it's definitely the right place for me well and I think it's like what you had referenced earlier it's a different season for you yep exactly and, and so it is a season of a little bit more um consistency and being mm-hmm. in a place, you know, and raising the little baby. <laughs> I'm just so excited for you. <laughs> I know. Well, that's been the thing that I've learned the most in my pregnancy is really like, you know, I thought I'd learned to surrender um, <laughs> before, but holy moly, this pregnancy is definitely like taught me to surrender at an even deeper level. And it's like, it's so funny because it's like the, the more I let go, the more safe I feel. And it's the opposite of what I ever thought I would feel. You know, when I flash back to how I was saying before, like, it was like, I work harder and I'll outwork you. And that's well, why I'll make it, you know, like it's the opposite. I'm just like, the more that I'm letting go and surrendering to just what is and the experience and taking it as it comes, the more secure and safe and (laughs) supported I feel so I mean it's definitely a very very new season for me well that's awesome well I am so um happy and excited that you were here today to just give us all these new insights and a different perspective on um because we all like you said we're all unique we all have different stories we all have different desires on where we want to go and there is no one size fits all one method to um, creating our dream life. It, it really totally. is tapping into our personal intuition and being able to reach out for help and mm-hmm. say, Hey, what's going on? Um, rather than thinking in that masculine mindset, you know, of I've got to do this myself. I can figure this out. Um, my biggest growth has come when I've asked for help 
which, yeah. you know, when I grew up was like, no, you figure this out and you do it and it's your survival. Oh yeah. <laughs> I had like, even when I first hired my coach, like I had to work through like, or like the first time I signed up to a program, I had to work through the ego of like, I already know everything. Like I can figure this out. And then it's like, oh, okay. What if I don't, you know, what if I just... What if I just like fully surrender into this help? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, well, and for those of you that want to um, follow um, Viola, I will put um, in the show notes will be her uh, link to um, her podcast and also the um, Amazon book link because it's a great Yay. book. I've actually read the book twice. And Yay. it's one of those it's one of those books that I like to have because I have several where I'll just kind of op- sometimes open it up. And it's like, what message do I need from this book today? It's, oh. it's really, it's digestible and it's so real. And um, there sometimes it's just one sentence that I need to really kind of just get me to that next place. So oh, that's um, so nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I'll put everything in the show notes. Reach out to Viola. She's an awesome woman and soon to be an even more awesome mom. And, um, so thank you so much. And, um, yeah, thank you so much. I'm just so thankful that you've had me as well. And to everyone listening, you are awesome. And thank you for having me. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Next Level Woman. My desire is to bring you guests and information that inspire you to become the next level woman in your life, relationships, and business. If you know someone that would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them on any of your social media platforms. And if you have ideas for future episodes, reach out to me. You can find the information in the show notes below. Here's to all of us becoming and stepping into the next level woman.